I get you. Look, George, you have two girls. You're in a different world. You're in a la la land. Like you, you, your, your walls are painted pink. Happy George Panusi is like all masculinity. And you know what? We it's have both. I see both. And when one is dominant, I get a little uncomfortable. And when the other one is dominant, I get a little comfortable. Yeah. These things exist. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not a social construct. Yeah. These things exist. Their energies are different. I just wanted to say that because it's very important. Welcome to another episode of Just Us Dads. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Dadversation. We are breaking the rules today. We must say we have a topic that we needed real professionals to come on, and the only real professionals we know are women. <laughs> and more than that, more than that, our wives. So uh, George are here as always, and we have Chris's wife, Alexandra. How are, Chris how is a lovely wife, Alexandra. <laughs> Chris is lovely wife. Our fans, Thank we, you. We, we we might lose fans for this, Alex. I hope you know that. But uh, well, I'm I'm very honored that you're taking this chance on me. Very honored to be the first female on your podcast. Very ironic that I'm here to talk about uh, toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big topic, and the truth is that we've been uh, pushing this back, pushing and pushing. We didn't know how to um, uh, how to approach the topic, and we thought, you know, maybe we should have someone that deals with this on a regular basis. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about what you do and how you're exposed to toxic masculinity, or how I'm not sure if you teach it. I'm not sure exactly how it works. We're gonna talk all about that, but just to say one thing, because we have had people uh, commenting that we should have a female version of this um the idea is out there whoever wants to do it <laughs> it won't be happening here Luke he hates it he hates it he just he almost he almost left the podcast now but uh, but i don't have a problem uh time to time bringing on uh one of our wives and you know to have like the other side right uh but whatever that that is being discussed uh, george is starting a separate podcast is, is George producing and uh, mommies are... Uh, whatever, but it, it's a new show and he's going to add that logo on that shirt pretty soon. <laughs> there any more space on George for the logo? <laughs> he's going to put it on the shoulder. There's space here, George. Uh, so yeah, welcome, Alex. Uh, Thank you. And, um, first of all, how are you? First, I don't even know how you guys are doing this right now because nobody's watching the kids. So at any point in time... There could be disaster on this podcast. We're not sure. And George also is uh, he's, he's home with the kids. It's uh, one of the rare times we're recording during the day. So uh, Cynthia's not home. So George is with the kids. And you guys are both on the podcast. So nobody's watching those kids. Uh, this is the only safe environment right where I am. Because it's the only place <laughs> I can interrupt. I think I can, both in our house and in George's house, we're relying on... Uh, uh, our trusty babysitter television is that it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah awesome actually i think I, I think number one n- number one number one babysitter is uh, the ipad because i can go for hours and they don't ask for extra pay it's the ipad <laughs> then i think it, yeah and then then it's the tv but these are the two best babysitters out there and they're free yeah or eight dollars a month and you're good <laughs> almost free it's uh, almost free yeah it is almost free 
All right, we're going to talk about something that, uh, like we said, we've been uh, discussing for a number of uh, weeks, maybe months, um, toxic masculinity. I had no clue about toxic masculinity. I heard about this maybe a couple of years ago, and I was like, what the hell is this? Uh, I don't know if it's a sign that the times are changing, uh, where we're looking at every single thing with the slightest little detail. But this is serious, though, toxic masculinity. It's not just, uh, uh, it's just not some you know, a flavor of the month kind of uh, uh, trend. Um, so we're going to go through all of that and because uh, Chris knows a lot more about this and obviously Alex deals with it. So um, let's talk about toxic masculinity, people. Well, uh, before we talk about the toxic masculinity, it's, it's important, I think, to define the terms. Yeah. Because we may agree or not agree on certain terms. And is this really an adjective that is suitable to put after masculinity? So toxic is venomous, it's poisonous. Masculinity, obviously, it's the manliness. It's the, it's, it's the masculine trait of men, right? I know there's a lot of redundant information there, but that's what it means. What is it to be a man? Well, there's certain attributes, characteristics that make a man a man. So if we call these attributes poisonous, well, the idea is like, are we causing a, a service or a disservice to boys and men? Because boys will end up becoming men. So the uh, men. <laughs> like ma'am ma'am <laughs> so it, it is one of these funny topics and it's it's one of these topics for me when i first heard about it it kind of offended me and i'm not, I'm not into this whole culture of being offended with everything i don't get offended with anything but it offended me in the way of like why are we talking about this this way and then i heard what the solutions were and the solutions that i find is what is bad so I can let Alex a little bit talk about uh, toxic masculinity. I just wanted to make sure that we understand what the words mean. So yeah. we're trying to we're trying to to debate or discuss today poisonous masculine traits, and the idea, like just 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 to set the um, uh, the stage a little bit for this, where the discussion is going to go, is the solution getting rid of these things or having to deal with them? Because I don't think anybody's going to say no; these traits don't exist. Obviously, George has two boys. I have a boy. George, you don't have you have two girls, so you, you probably don't see this a lot, or maybe you see it in your nephews or in other kids. But what happens is you can kind of see aggressivity, you can see dominance, you can see certain masculine traits uh, that manifest in the home and in different situations. But that's fine. So the idea is do we deal with these or do we try to eradicate them? Mm -hmm. I'm in the opinion that we have to deal with this stuff, not eradicate it. Yeah. Right. Well, for, first, let's start defining what toxic masculinity is. And for those who are interested, uh, Chris did write a blog about that. So that's on our website, uh, justasdads.ca. You can go there and read it. Um, uh, yeah, maybe Alex can uh, can uh, can help us. Yeah. Out. What, do, what, do we, well, what do we mean when we talk about toxic masculinity? OK, so basically, I hadn't heard the term either until Chris mentioned it. And I thought it was such a ridiculous term to put those two words together. But then. Uh, it started popping up more and more and more and more. And it just, it comes from two different, very different places. So it started becoming super popular when uh, the American Psychological Association started dealing with it. And they used the term in order to help boys and men that were dealing with societal pressures that were causing them to have a lot of negative effects. So when uh, an association like the American Psychological Association is dealing with it, it's uh, it's serious stuff and it's done by professionals. So it's like, you know, when your doctor tells you don't Google your symptoms because you're going to end up, you know, freaking out over what you find and all that. 
Well, I, I find it something like that. When it's left to the professionals and they're dealing uh, with it case to case, like a boy that is dealing with certain issues, it's okay. It's fine. You know, I don't have an issue with it. Let let the professionals deal with problems that are that kids are having or men are having, because we'll get into it later, but there are serious issues. My problem is when toxic masculinity is hijacked by activists and third wave feminists and people that don't really know what it's about. And then it is kind of a flavor of the month. You know, George, you mentioned, is it really, it kind of is. And with the times that we're having right now with the Me Too movement, and I'm not, you know, criticizing any of these things. I'm just saying it, it was the right timing for this term to be hijacked and to be taken out of context. And when people hear it, I mean, it's so it's so intense, toxic, and then masculinity. So when you just listen to the term, you think, oh, well, being male or having certain male characteristics could be toxic. And that's where I have an issue with it, because instead of looking into it, what does it really mean? And what are people actually dealing with? We're just thinking, oh, well, male characteristics are toxic, and then we should eradicate them, mm-hmm. because they could be I don't. I don't know if uh, what I just said made sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're, they're, they're saying to eliminate the whole thing to to avoid the bad. The, the, the to bad avoid the certain bad behaviors, because if it, if there are certain, I mean, there are certain societal norms to being a traditional man or a traditional boy, right? That we're trying to change now and in, in in our right now in our last decade but those sometimes on a certain individual do cause a lot of stress like if a boy is not super boyish or not super jock you know he's not tough or stuff like that if he feels those pressures and it causes him to 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 get you know to close in and to feel weak and to feel that that's bad and that needs to be addressed but like I said before, it needs to be addressed by professionals, not just by, oh, you know what? It's OK. It's OK. All boys, because you you are a little bit more of an introvert and you're a little bit closer to your feelings. All boys should be like that. All boys should talk about their feelings all the times. And that's how they should deal with their frustration. Well, that doesn't really make sense because that's not going to help them. I mean, George, I, I'm sure, you know, if your, your kids are having a tough day, I don't think they're going to really want to sit down and talk about their feelings that much. It's just not something they tend to gravitate towards it's something that needs to be taught does it need to be taught though i don't know you know so do boys it, really need to deal with a situation the same way maybe a girl would need to deal with a situation because because the flip side is that these uh, characteristics these behaviors can lead to a dangerous path down the line if they're not really the addressed um but are we are we generalizing in in assuming that well okay this little boy is a little too aggressive he might become whatever you know what i mean uh he might be a danger to society or uh yeah that's exactly the problem that's exactly it when you see certain characteristics that have become that have that have been labeled as toxic uh male toxic masculinity traits then the second you see it in a little boy you want to you know pound it out of him (laughs) well maybe not pound because that would be more toxic masculinity but you know you just want to take it you want to take it away and give him something else instead instead of saying well yeah that's something that it's innate you know he he deals with his frustrations like that it comes from within and we need to harness that we need to guide him into using it somewhere else because the same characteristics that could become extremely negative down the line are also characteristics that could become positive down the line if dealt with appropriately Mm -hmm. 
So I, I don't think it's removing them. I think it's like Chris was saying at the beginning, dealing with them and showing them a way to be. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to add to that because <clears throat> I get the feeling that this is something that came from, I, I do believe it's from third wave feminists. I do believe it's from misandrous people like men hating. There's, there's a man hating ethos behind this. And I'm not trying to balance the scale, but you don't hear in mainstream media discourse, you don't hear toxic femininity. And all I'm saying is that you have female traits and attributes and you have male traits and attributes and characteristics. And just to make maybe a bad analogy, it's, it's almost like a weapon. W women have certain arsenal they can use. Men have certain tools they can use. It's, it's almost like the, take a scissor, right? A scissor is kindly made to cut paper, but it can be used as a weapon. The idea is how to learn how to channel and understand when to use what. And what Alex is saying is you need the, the, those, those traits that you would label as toxic. You need these for other situations. Obviously, extreme situations, maybe like war, jumping into a fire. A fireman goes in when everybody's coming out. You need that courage. That's a trait that we need to, to keep and protect or else we're not going to survive. Right. We're here we're at this point today because certain uh, male traits help us achieve that, help us achieve that. So I, I, I don't believe we should be condemning them like that. You understand? Yeah. So what's the argument right now? What, what, what's the movement? Are we trying to, uh, like Alex was saying, to kind of eradicate these things? Or are we trying to um, uh, to uh, to educate? Uh, let, let, let me just finish this, Alex. And yeah. This is going to be just a little precursor for you to, 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 to say what you're going to say, Alex. Uh, we're against, or I'm against, and I'll, I'll have Alex say what she thinks. The solution, the solution Sorry, guys. My, my dad was FaceTiming me. That's never happened. Uh, yeah, I, I had to decline. Oh, man. It, 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 was, it was such a surprise. I lost my thought. Uh, yeah, what I was trying to say is that I strongly disagree with the solution, which I think the idea, or at least, I don't, I don't want to say agenda or program, but I think the idea is to try and feminize men. That means we have certain traits in women that kind of work, sensitivity, like awareness, right? There's, there's, there's different women have certain traits that are really, really, really but good. That, but and, that, and we need, yeah, but is that a fact, Chris? Is that what's really uh, happening? Are we really trying to make boys more in touch? This is not, a, I'm not saying it's a fact. This is, in my opinion, what I see it happening. Yeah. And when you, there's experts that can deal with certain things, and then there's activists that want to promulgate certain other things. Yeah. I'm always in a believer of the scientific method, but there's certain things that kind of negate science. When your whole purpose is just to be an activist about certain things because you want certain results in the world, see, right? So, yes. Yeah, here's what I don't understand about this concept: Are we worried uh, so much about uh, toxic masculinity that we're trying to make kids eliminate these feelings, or because of whatever worry might exist for a potential? future you know aggressive behavior are we trying to educate boys on how to use it efficiently like the example that you gave with a scissor are we trying to eliminate scissors completely or are we trying to tell them this is for this purpose i think it's twofold i think people that are doing it properly are trying to show them how to use scissors properly yeah. and then i think there's the people that are just talking too loud right now 
that are trying to eliminate scissors altogether because they're too dangerous. I mean, dodgeball has been taken off of a lot of schoolyards because it was too dangerous. Um, wow. Maybe it's good, but maybe you know a lot of people have gotten hurt from it. I don't know. That's but fine. is it is the, is that the solution? Play. Getting <laughs> rid play. of it altogether? No, if you're afraid to get hurt, don't play. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah, but they're saying, but the reason behind it, look, it hasn't come uh, in our schoolyards yet, and I find that everything that kind of happens in the states trickles over to us a little bit later. So I think we're just uh, we're we're looking out for it now, waiting for it to happen. Yeah, eliminating a dodgeball from the schoolyard because it's an aggressive sport. Why? Because you're looking to hurt somebody else. You're looking to hit somebody else. So that's why it was completely eliminated. So that's an example of getting rid of the scissors altogether. Yeah. But, but you see, I don't I see dodgeball. So I think like it's that. both. But let me you see don't dodgeball see like dodgeball that. Like that. No, I'll tell you why. Because the, the point of the game is to, to, to get somebody with the ball. You have a target and you go after it. Now, it doesn't mean every time you, you throw the ball, you, you want to hurt somebody. Every time you throw the ball, there's a possibility or maybe a probability of hurting someone. Well, look, and that's real, everywhere. Because real. if we try if we try and create a society where no one gets hurt, no one, there's no harm ever done, all we need to do is create a giant aquarium, live in that little bubble, and then nothing will happen. Look, Chris, the that, 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 that's what it, I'm it only hurts when you get it in the face. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> Oh yeah, wear a mask. But that's what I was gonna say. The reality, the reality, like the definition. Yes, you try to take the ball and you gotta get someone out. But let's be honest. When we used to play dodgeball, we wanted to put the ball through the person. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna destroy you. But that's fine. Okay, that's so fine. That's the reason. But yeah, that's exactly the reason why you want to do that. I never wanted to do that. I didn't even want to play dodgeball. I wanted to play when everybody was playing, but I didn't have that same that same drive to take the ball and get it through somebody. Yeah. So this is where people jump in and they'll say, well, that's a that's a male characteristic and that's a dangerous characteristic. That's something that later on is going to become dominant and he's going to try to show dominance through aggression and violence. You see, but in reality, if kids play enough dodgeball, that's going to be... You know, ça va se régler là. You know, like it's going to yeah. be done there. Like that's where it's going to end. Guys, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. I so, really, so you're saying let, let them get their dominant juices out of their system? and uh, I'm saying there needs to be places yes. where they need to deal with this. You know, especially yeah, boys, they out. need to deal with it. They need to have their, their social rank as well. I mean, again, we're talking about a lot of stuff that seemed to be so obvious decades ago. And right now they're super controversial, what we're saying. Yeah, so, like so, having boys try to see where they rank is not is not an appropriate conversation to be having. So but it's something that happens so naturally on the schoolyard. But now that you mentioned like the decades ago kind of thing, is there still a, uh, that movement that existed probably like before this term came uh, came to be where kids are still pushed? Like, for example, you're not allowed to cry. You got to be tough. Uh, you're the man. Like, because that's pretty much how this whole movement started, right? There was this social pressure of yes. having to be like this. And yes, people realize that, look, you know, certain kids aren't like that. Like you can't just be tough all the time or you can't be the fastest. You can't be the strongest. Uh, you can't just hold back your tears or hold back your emotions because you're a man or a kid. Is that still happening? Well, that is why the American Psychological Association took that term. That is why they're dealing with this. They set out guidelines on how to deal with kids that are having those issues. Right. So the, the, they're doing a good job. I mean, there's a lot of societal pressure on boys and on girls too. They're just different. And because they acknowledge the fact that they aren't going to deal with them 
the same way. And because they're not dealing with the same societal pressures, that's why they came out with those guidelines. So they're doing a good job on working on a one-to-one basis on a case-per-case study for kids that are dealing with these kind of feelings, like the ones you just mentioned, George. And there's a lot of negative um, effects when 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 a boy or a man wants to be traditionally male when it's not coming from within you know that that is an issue absolutely the problem that we're talking about is when it's taken very uh, superficially very lightly and we just want to take the scissors away from everybody you right. know instead of dealing with it on a case to case basis well, that, that's, that's the problem so it's two yeah, that's the problem. So like it's two very different things so how does it work so so, so one side is you have to stop pushing kids to be a certain way and on the other side is let it would let them feel what they feel naturally and guide them through it. No, no, not yeah. necessarily. Let that's, them, that's what you're trying to say. No, no. What she's saying is that let them do what they have to do, but at the same time, kind of educate them on how to channel it. take it to the yeah, exactly how to channel it. Well, I'll and give you my two cents. Group people all together. Like the other, the other thing is like don't just put everybody together. You know, oh, they're boys and they all act like that, and they're girls and they all act like that, and. You know, you can't just put everybody in the same big mass. Everybody's different. I mean, there are certain things that come out more in boys. And wow, there's a concept. There's a concept, guys. Everyone's different. But yeah, but in reality, people deal concept. with their issues in a different way. Then again, when that that being said, I do believe that there are certain differences between boys and girls. And the fact that then there's that other group that comes in and says, no, there are no differences. It's all societally imposed. It's, they're all societal <sighs> norms. It just... And then we got to eradicate anything that society has said over the course of time in order to have this equal, peaceful society. That doesn't work either. Because when we try to make boys more like girls, we're going to end up building frustrations that weren't even there before. We're going to end up having more frustration. So how does it work in a professional or like institutional setting? Like you're a teacher. So how does it work in this kind of setting? Are you guys as teachers... Uh, being trained to deal with this are you looking into it are you doing it presently like how does it what's happening look i think that it's very different from uh, from what the states are dealing with we're not at the place where there are the where they're at right now um and i think even ontario is different from us i think quebec is a different beast i think we're more conservative in quebec i think we're more i don't want to say behind but we have more uh old-fashioned traditional values now in 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 schools but it is changing so um i mean we're trying to there's a lot of gender neutral talk you know that comes along and you have to deal with kids as if they were the same we're person i'm going to talk personally about myself i'm not there i can't deal with an issue with a girl the same way I would deal with it if it's a boy. I just don't see it that same way. If a boy pushes, and maybe this is really bad what I'm going to say, but if a boy pushes a boy in the schoolyard and then they both get up and whatever, whatever happens, I'm not going to deal with it the same way if a girl pushes a girl in the schoolyard. I mean, a lot more had to happen for that girl to push another girl. You know what I'm saying? If a boy pushes a boy, sometimes it's like, okay, get up. You know, you want to talk about this? You want to deal with this or do you want to keep playing? And they'll both just turn around and say, we're going to keep playing. It's okay, fine, bye. You know, they don't want to, like, it's done. It is what it is. It happened. We do it all the time. Like, they look forward to doing it. They look forward to going outside and pushing each other. You know, it's not I just want to say something, Alex, here, because you're you're bringing into the light, uh, I think, more of an overlaying problem which is the obsession i want to write a blog on this too the obsession with equality and equity i think today 
We are obsessed with equality and equity. We just want one simple formula to deal with everything. And that, that is just what Alex said. You cannot deal with every problem the same way. Not every problem is created equally. Not all people are equal. We should treat them equally, but they're not equal. They're not equal. There's certain strengths and certain weaknesses. There's different characteristics, whether it's female, whether it's dominance, whether it's because of, of physiology, right? There's a big boy and there's a small boy. You cannot, not everything is equal. And this obsession of trying to make everything equal is where we lose the game because we cannot, we cannot formulate really good solutions when the thinking is wrong, right? The thinking is wrong. Right. Well, you said something important. You said we're going to treat them equally, but we're not going to deal with them the same way. Like consequences are going to be equal. You're not going to favor one, whatever. They're both going to get consequences. They have the same rights is what I was trying to say. They have absolutely the same rights. It's the same, but you cannot, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, but they're not. We're not going to deal with the situation the same way. So is this, Alex, and I don't want to, I don't think uh, what I'm going to, what I'm about to say is going to put you in any trouble or anything like that, but is, you know, just having a conversation here, is this something that is being discussed in your school? Have you guys had meetings like how to deal with toxic masculinity? Uh, no, not yet. We're okay. not there. <laughs> We're not there yet. And I, I think that people that do deal with kids on a, on a daily basis um, and have dealt with, look, there's there's in schools it's mostly females right boys at a young age are constantly around uh, women and, and chris had said something last time he had told me well would it have been different if there were more uh, male teachers would would boys have been dealt with differently if they were m- male teachers maybe they would have been dealt with differently I don't think they, because one of the, sorry, I'm just going to go back because one of the negative effects of toxic masculinity is the fact that they have, boys have more academic challenges. They get in trouble more. Um, they're more rowdy than girls. They're going to get punished more than girls are. And, you know, it, it, it's negative toward for them because they get in trouble more. And it's also negative because they're disrupting the class more, let's say. So again, it's twofold. Then there's going to be the people that are going to want to, deal with it like why are boys why are we attacking boys so much and then there's the people that are going to say well boys are causing trouble in class so we want to change that about them to cause less trouble so you see again it's 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 like we're talking about two playing fields so would it have been different if there were more men teachers i don't think that kids would have gotten in trouble less if there were more men teachers i think maybe they would have even gotten in trouble more if there were more male teachers because men have a little bit less patience for these kind of things women just tend to be more nurturing at the younger ages sorry again i'm going i'm stepping on controversial terms here but uh i think they would have gotten in trouble more if there were men being teachers would they have been in a better place i think what boys need are more male role models. I do believe that. I think it would have been a better place if there were more male role models, good male role models. And earlier on, earlier Earlier on. on. So I think that's why you guys as dads have this super, super important role to play when it comes to young boys, because they look to you to see how to harness their aggressivity, how to harness those, you know, competitive, competitive feelings. They're going to look onto their role models to see how to use it. It's not going to be me. You know, if, if my, my son is not going to look to me to see how his compet- his inner competitive is is going to be used, he's going to look onto another male because that's who he identifies with. Yeah. So that's why it's super important. So 
they probably would still be in as much trouble. They just would have been dealt with differently. And is it unfair to young boys to be in a social construct? Because I mean, school is like this mini society. It's like your first mini society and it's completely ruled by women. How fair is that? Well, that's how I see it. I see it as that's the first mini society which comes into conflict with the male biology. It comes into conflict. Yeah. And, And it's fine. There's ways to deal with it. It's also important to deal with it at a young age because they're going to hit a wall. Like you can't push that person. I mean, you know, you can't do that. You can't, they're going to learn that. They're going to learn that they can't do it. They're going to learn where they can do certain things. So I think it's important that they learn that early on. And I think it's important that, that we don't expect them not to do it, that we teach them where and how and you know, at, at what intensity to do it. Yeah. You know, and uh, the, 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 yeah. And the whole idea, this is where, this is where I think the rubber beats the road. And I heard this from Prager university and I'm probably not going to, I'm going to misquote it a bit or I'm, I'm going to try to paraphrase, but the idea was that you don't, let's say we want to fix men, right? Well, what we really want to do is we want to fix bad men. So men don't become bad when they're less men. Men become less bad when when they're less bad. So you understand? We, we don't want to take the manliness or the boyhood out of the boy or the male. What we want to do is we want to correct the bad behavior. And that's a total different planet. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are seeing the nuance between that. It's a yeah. whole different planet of attacking a problem. You don't want to get rid of men. Obviously, there's a, a toxic masculinity is a bad trait. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Males have certain toxic elements in them, but that's fine. They come. You take the good with the bad, you take the bad with the good. There's obviously more men in prison. There's obviously more men that commit homicide. There's obviously more men uh, as soldiers and in a war. Uh, there's obviously more men that are homeless, right? But the good, let's not forget the good. You got to take the good with the bad. You know, right? You could gen- and generalizations are very important as well. Right, because a generalization is how we need to communicate. So we need to see what the general idea is and say, okay, like there's a little bit more aggressivity here. They, they like competitiveness. Let's keep that. That's a general idea. And then we have to deal with the exceptions differently. You can isolate an exception, and an exception doesn't invalidate the generalization or the rule. It's just it needs to, to be treated differently. Yeah. You know, I, did, I, did that make sense? Yeah, I did. It yeah, did. of course. You know, the interesting thing, and you well, know what I'd like... solution to... for the whole species doesn't well, make sense. Yeah, well... <laughs> you, you can't think of it like that. That's crazy. That's what I'm trying to say that. And it's like the activists are just loud. And, and the scientists are not just as loud because they, they come in form of, of guidelines and in writings, right? But in the media, you hear what's loud. You, you don't have the time to read. I've, I've read on this a lot, right? And Alex has read on this a lot. But it takes time to read, yeah. but it takes very little time to listen. So what you'll do is you're going to listen to a headline. You're going to process the idea. You have already kind of a, a, a pre-filter that knows what to do with the information and say, like, oh, you made up your mind on this. It builds a bias. I, I, I That's just, right. I just want to touch a little bit on what Alex was saying about how important it is for, well, especially in, in, in not, not in my setting because I have girls, but in any case, in any parents' setting. No, for yours as well, because girls need to see good men being bottled yeah, as well. Yeah, that, That's that, right. You, you come, Very important as yeah, well. You come straight to my point. And we've spoken about this in other podcasts on how 
uh, important it is to be the best version of yourself because you're a reflection of, you know, uh, what mm -hmm. your kids are seeing every single day. So you want them to use you as an example of how they want to be in society. But I'd be very curious to know if there's any uh, any stats or any any um, any studies conducted on kids, for example, boys who had gone through this process. Uh, and how that is playing out now with their own kids, if that matters or which which process becoming yeah. less manly? Yeah, exactly. The demasculinization. Like, demasculinization. Oh, oh man, that scares me. That scares me, guys. So, so you mean? But look, I don't know if there's studies gone done on that because it's something that I mean. Because I would, assume, I, would, I would assume I would assume that the argument is: listen, these traits, these behaviors, are dangerous for society. We need to. Uh, educate you we need to whatever it is depending on the setting that you're in either eliminate them or uh, uh, make you channel the, the the right emotions through these feelings or whatever uh, but the idea the argument in my, in my in my mind is that we need to make you a better person in societies and I'm thinking now if that kid becomes a father he's going to become that example to his possibly son or daughter whatever let's say he has a son all right uh, I'm just curious to know if whatever, you know, process he went through, whatever teachings he went through, whatever school he went through, where they tried to, you know, suppress these emotions because of whatever toxic masculinity definition they were uh, they were dealing with, if that had any real impact on his kids or the way that he is transmitting these things to his to his children. Alex, I'll let you answer, but I just want to say something because this is where I, I, I think the word is wrong. When you try to suppress the emotion or the feeling is where you lose it. That's where you lose the game. The idea is you want to manage it, right? A, a mother who just gave birth to her cubs, right? A, a, a mother dog, a female dog, right? Is very nurturing, but it can turn in a split second vicious if you try to go near. That means we're dealing with two traits now, right? There's the nurturing and, and, and the viciousness. And these are fa very far apart. You need both because if you manage those and know when to use them, now you create positivity, right? But you do not want to eliminate the viciousness because then the cubs are at risk and they're vulnerable. See, the, the, so the, it's not about suppressing. It's not about suppressing. Suppressing is well, look, doing it in a way where it's violent and it's, it's going to create more resistance. Yeah. Right. Let, let, when let, you suppress, you, you build more pressure. Let the me idea say, is how to manage it. Yeah, let me say it more simpler is has there ever been a father and maybe not you alex because you're saying that you haven't really seen it but the, the the question that i have is has there ever been a father that's gone up to a teacher or to any professional and said you know my son uh he's a little aggressive he's a little too boyish he's a little this that can you guys do something maybe so that we can try to control the situation like that kind of thing I've I've never no, <laughs> a father has never told me my boy is too boy. Can we try to contain it? Uh, yeah, no. that, that that'd be crazy. I don't know. Uh, no, listen. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people that that you know. That I'm sure there are kids that are overly aggressive. You know, but usually that's learned as well. Where did they learn to be overly aggressive? Yeah. So it's not going to be. Uh, Chances are they learned it from their dad, you know. And yeah, but it's it's not crazy because not if good. we're if we're talking about something that has existed for you know a couple of decades now, uh, like whatever late eighties, early nineties, is it not very possible to fall on a dad who was potential or probably very aggressive or you know he had these behaviors when he was younger and 
he ended up somewhere where they told him, look, you got to eliminate this. Uh, uh, you got to show more emotion. Don't worry. Like, you know what I mean? Like he went through that. And now he's at that stage where he's like, I went through this. Maybe this is how we have to teach my kid now. Like there's like a chain reaction effect to this. No. No, that, I don't, well, that, I don't. if you say that, George, if you say it like that, we're kind of taking, uh, we're kind of assuming that it's successful. We're like assuming that if you do that, you will achieve that. What, what they're trying to, to look for. I, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think that it's very possible because people would really have to get into the psyche and say, you know what, everything you're feeling, like if you take as a premise, uh, an aggressive boy, and then try to get all that out of him. And then you end up with this very passive and complacent male. I, I don't, I don't know if that's a, uh, it's a successful uh, experiment. I don't know if it has been, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it has been. I don't know. I just don't, I think we're, I don't think that it could happen like that. Look, there there is studies on that. There is I don't think that. that it could and happen. There's one correlation that has been made, and the correlation is the following. The more you try to control the masculine traits, the more people drop off from school. And that's why today you have a lot more women in colleges and universities. Okay, Men give up faster. They give up faster. But, so but, why, but why do they give up faster? But that's like, it's like coming because to George's it, point. Because it's more controlled. Yeah. It, it, so they remove themselves from the situation where they're being controlled. That's not, right. oh, we succeeded. We got rid of the... It, exactly. It's not a success leave. story. It, it's more suppression doesn't fix the problem. More suppression creates other problems elsewhere. And, there's a, and you're saying there's a study for this, like basically, yeah, there's guys, there's thousands of studies. So it's just that these come, these come in conflict with, with, with different ideas. And now it, it's, if you, if you break it down to its bare bones, this is a war of ideology. So there's this notion right now from the feminists that it, called the, the, the patriarchy, which is the white man from the West has suppressed everything. And you can see it as, well, you can see it as that. There is some elements of that, right? There is a little bit of the, the patriarchy, the dominance, the power, right? The strife for power and the greed for power. But that same hierarchy has other elements in it, like competence, performance, that we, we tend to, to, to ignore. So you, we cannot just go attack the bad. We got to take the whole thing, right? That's why I said you don't get much of toxic femininity. And I, don't, I will never call that. I'm just trying to make a point. Femininity at the worst range is still not toxic. It's part of being feminine. And I want that in a woman. You can't get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Right? Basically, what you were saying, just so that everyone can understand, is that there are studies that have been conducted that have demonstrated that when a child is put in that context where we're trying to kind of educate or suppress or whatever, eventually, instead of them getting the result they wanted, it's the inverse that happens, and it's the kid that rejects that environment. Well, well, for first of all, yeah, look, the, the, the data on that is scanty for, for now. This is a new experiment. Yeah. Old experiments show that if you leave a little boy and a little girl to their choices, one is going to gravitate to something a little bit more boyish yeah. and the girl is going to gravitate to something a little bit more girly. Is there exceptions? Obviously, that's why it's called the bell curve. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you have a lot of the data concentrated in the middle and that's why we generalize because you cannot have an intelligent conversation if you just talk exceptions yeah. because everything's an exception to every rule. So we generalize. So we have studies like that. And we also have studies that boys aren't doing too good in an academic setting. They need to be, they need to move more. They need more competitiveness, right? They need, they need to be out there. 
they learn a little bit differently. So right now you have a lot of women in academia and less men, right? And little boys fail more, little boys get suspended more. So yeah, there is studies and then there's very, very, there's a lot of correlations, right? You can read the studies and see what is happening, but are we solving the problem? And is it a problem that we need to solve? Well, and if we need to solve it, how do we solve it without creating more problems? Because so what, the, you're, the saying whole, is, what you're saying is basically the, the design of the whole education system is less adaptable for boys. It could be. There's a lot of so, people. There's Ken so Rogers. There's a lot of guys. So maybe about what you're saying like is maybe that. we should change the educational system rather than try to change boys. Well, it is reforming a little bit. And it's not only reforming for boys. It's reforming for different types of intelligence as well. Good. Because the school system kind of like the epicenter of the school system is academic intelligence, which is reading, writing, arithmetic, right? There's more, there's more intelligence. There's creative intelligence. There's uh, kinesthetic intelligence. There's artistic intelligence, whether your kid loves to play music or whatever, right? So yeah, there's other abilities and, and there's other competencies. Yeah. And the ring is kind of growing, which is a good thing. I'm just saying that I totally disagree with the way some of these activists or um, people are trying to solve certain problems and you do not, you want to solve a problem the right way. And in the pursuit to solving that problem, which is a noble cause, don't take away truths. Don't start eradicating truth. Don't murder things like truths and facts, like biological traits. Like there's other scientists, you know what I mean? It's not just activists. No, are they trying to change laws or well, they're trying to. Well, look, this is this is conflicting. This is very controversial. Like Alex said before, there's a lot of there's a lot of different theories here, but it's ruled it's it's dogmatic. Science is not dogmatic. Science is science, and every scientist wants the other scientist to challenge him. It's like here, I, I did a study here. You Prove challenge wrong, this. Yeah. Prove me wrong. That, you know that's the whole point of it. But when we get to the point where we belittle science or denigrate it because we want the solution more than the fact, right? We want to ignore the fact just to get to a solution that we want. That's when it gets a little bit dangerous. No, but, but when you're saying solution, like, is it a law? Is it a, what is it? A school There's no program? law. Well, well, yeah, yeah. And it, you know what? You're going to start seeing things. You're going to start seeing things. <laughs> Alex is going to start. And, but you know what? We don't see it yet. It's not in our faces because as the, exactly what Alex said. Quebec is a little bit behind. And I don't mean behind and behind in mentality. I think they're ahead. Less so-called progressive. Yeah, yeah. Being progressive doesn't mean you, 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 you're, you, you're improving. You're, you're making progress or improving, yeah. right? So they're, they're in the, that. that's right. It doesn't always mean that. So we we're not really seeing this. But like you said, it's going to trickle down. You're going to get to the point where you're like, what, what, what are we doing? Basically, I, th I think just, just I think we live in these Western societies, and and people forget how tough life really can be when you're not. Oh, oh man! And if you don't have these traits, you're gonna starve, die. You're gonna be the victim of somebody else who is. Yeah. And this is why we're forgetting, and we have to. We're not. We're, our societies are not strong enough to think that we're gonna last like this forever. If we give these things up, someone's gonna walk in and take it from us. Man, you know what? We've been talking for forty-five minutes, and you just brilliantly concluded, like in in a few words. That's what it is. That's what you need. Don't don't get rid of that, because you might need it one day. But let me ask you. <laughs> There's people that hate us want to cross the ocean and take it away from us. Let me, oh, yeah. let me ask you another question. Maybe Alex will be able to answer this as well. Because I read somewhere that kids are much more um, uh, uh, under medication right now than Oof. our generation. Is this... Uh, Adults too. 
no, no, but I mean, well, we're talking about specifically for kids here, but is this one reason where instead of looking at fixing or addressing an issue, we resort much more easily to, to medicate the kids? Like you have a kid that's super excited and is bouncing around all the time and they're, they're stuffing him with Ritalin, you know? You know, that's, that's, that's another 45 minute conversation right there. Yeah. <laughs> Cause uh, you, like the topic of medication and, and going, taking that uh, route for your child is so complicated and it's so different for every family and the levels are like, I'm telling you, it's another 45 minute conversation. No, but at some, uh, uh, the question I'm asking is at what, like, is there a relation between whatever they think of to- Possibly, possibly, because it's not necessarily um, the toxic masculinity that's going to come into play here. It's the fact the educational system, how it's how it's built. Right. So kids are still asked to be sitting on a desk for X amount of hours. I mean, so you know, teachers are obviously changing that they see that it doesn't work for everybody but it's still the traditional form there's one teacher talking in front of a classroom you're asked to sit listen and do you know which is not necessarily like a child that's a little bit more hyper like you said more excited it's probably not the best way for him or her to learn does it tend to be more boys it does tend to be more boys if the educational system was made a little bit different would they maybe not have as much as many kids on uh, medication, probably, uh, but it's not a concrete answer. I, I can't say that it's because of this that people are putting their children on medication because the, 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 the parents that are dealing with this, you know, they have to think about it long time. And uh, it, it's just too complicated to say that that would be one of the reasons. Yeah. I, I, I just want to add something to that <laughs> because it's a good point, George. Uh, I think kids are, are over-medicated and that the research, there's plenty of research for that, 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 that there's no issue with that. Uh, the, the issue is, and the way to think about it is, why are they over-medicated? So what are we trying to achieve? And you want to achieve two things. From a parent's perspective, and uh, you want to achieve what? You want to find or trying to create the best environment, right? That is conducive to learning. So you want the brain, right? Let's say you take an ADHD kid, right? Uh, the parent's perspective is just doesn't really care if, he, if he's a little rowdy at school or he doesn't listen or he d- disrupts, which is a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but that's secondary. The primary focus is how do I get my kid to learn more, absorb more? You know what? Do I medicate him or not? Am I able to get the information in without medicating him or can I get the information in if I medicate him? And From it's not teacher, just about learning. It's not just it's about, about learning. Yeah, yeah. It's about, yeah, it's just, just absorbing all the right information in, in order to be a better being and fit in a society better. In his mini society, yeah. In his mini society. There's the other perspective, though, and I think this is w- why parents over-medicate children. Parents don't over-medicate children for parents. I think, this is my opinion, This I haven't read anything on this. I think parents over-medicate children more because they get more diagnoses from experts. And the reason experts want more medication is because they want to keep a good environment for the rest of the kids as well. So when you have three kids that need to be medicated in a class of 20, when you medicate the three kids, it's almost a win-win because they'll learn better, they'll learn faster, and they're going to interrupt less. They're going to be less disruptive so the rest of the kids can learn more. So it's almost a win-win situation, but it's very situational. 
meaning that this, you're fit, you're, you, what are you doing? All you're doing is you're getting a good result for the mean society, right? So we don't know if it's the best way to do it. There's other people that there's advocates of like no medicine at all. Forget the medicine, let them run. You know what? Don't sit down. Like Alex said, this is a, education today is still an, an industrial, industrialized idea, right? One board, one teacher and people in a row, like a factory. Well, kids don't learn as much today, and especially in a very high evolving and very, very um, ADD world, right? I used to be able to watch an hour and a half or two hours of something. I avoid that now. I'm looking for 15 minutes. I'm looking for, for, I'm looking for 150 minute clips rather than sit there and, and invest my time into something that takes three hours. And kids are the same way. Alex, yeah. um, uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, is there anything being done like to kind of change a little bit uh, the, the the way the classrooms function? Uh, are there efforts in maybe even trying different techniques or? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And different schools work on it differently. And every teacher works on it differently. And everybody's taking uh, note of this. And everybody's realizing the kids are learning in different ways. So everybody has their own methods. I don't think it's like, I mean, the new reform that was done when I was uh, in school, when I was in university, was all about that, making it child-centered, right? So the child is the one who dictate the children their interests dictate what the curriculum will be you work around them and all that is it implemented everywhere probably not um are 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 they trying yes but it's still it's still one teacher and 25 kids you know what i mean it's just so much you can do when you're one adult with 25 kids that's why people tend to go back to the traditional ways of learning where you have to be quiet you have to listen to me and i have to talk because it's still one teacher with 25 kids it's still very hard when they're young to have them learning like that independently and having centers but there's a lot of people doing a lot of great things in that domain and I, and and like chris was saying it's a mostly an the um, kids are being overly medicated. Maybe they're being overly medicated because of the reasons that you were saying. Maybe it's because more of them need to be, uh, maybe because their their brains are changing because of their exposure to this fast-paced life from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a whole other topic. I've even heard of parents who decide to medicate their kids without anybody suggesting it because they're just too tired to be parents. They work too much. Yeah, yeah. It's just the yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more a societal issue than uh, a child issue. That's why I asked. I mean, when you mentioned kids, I also mentioned parents as well. Everybody's mm-hmm. dedicated. So like, it worked for me. Let me try it on him. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, is, it is a debate. And again, I, I'm trying to make it a little bit more philosophical, but it, it's all about the debates. If you have an honest debate where you, you, you bring to the front or the forefront truth right and data and empirical data that's fine but when you're kind of um, encouraged by dogma the result is different and this yeah, so is, this we go is a... back to the initial point that we were saying before sorry i totally interrupted you but you're used to that that's fine <laughs> baby do it do it i, I kind of like it it turns me on okay so Basically, we go back to the same thing that we we're saying before. So it's not, it's the dogma, the problem. It's not dealing with the problems. Because I mean, no. there's a lot of the, the, the traits that they talk about in toxic masculinity. A lot of them could be detrimental to both society and to boys. They absolutely can. And they do need to be dealt with. It's when, it, when the term is hijacked and then just you know, dealt with in a very superficial manner mm. that it becomes dangerous. And yeah. then when we use terms, like when they say that uh, 
competitiveness and dominance becomes a toxic masculinity trait, that's when it starts becoming dangerous because we're teaching young girls to be more competitive and we're pushing them to be more dominant. Why? You know, why? Because they could be positive traits. So if they could be positive for girls, they could be definitely be positive for boys as well. And having a boy that's it's more right like, it's now, more like you know, they, they trust it better in the hands of girls or something. You know what? I feel like we're trying to correct something by creating what? the flip side and creating another problem a new problem what's the point i mean like just to give you an example okay we because of the confinement and all that and we're we're watching more movies and blah 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 and yerasim was like really doesn't like watching movies so we try to find movies about sports and stuff like that that he'll like and every time we find one about soccer it's always a girl protagonist it's always about a girl team it's always about you know the fact that she had to push through and whatever and it's great we'll watch it but what are we trying to say like why can't why is that no good anymore in a boy like what why is this there's like a little bit of a war on boys and and, and i'm glad because look maria's gonna play soccer too and we we want her to be a little bit competitive whatever for yeah. whatever reason but i don't want to take it away from yerasim i don't want to tell him you know don't be competitive when somebody comes to take the ball just you know sit back and be polite and <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know what it is it's a dichotomy and i'll tell you why and this is what's strange we take a, a female attribute and if we put it into a man and it flourishes in a man it's a good thing if we take a female, uh, uh, a masculine attribute like dominance and competitiveness and we put it into a, a woman or a girl and that flourishes, that's good. It's, it's as if we want to steal each other's attributes because as if they're better in the other sex, in the opposite sex. So we're kind of trying to put everything in, into one center. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Isn't that, isn't that a weird concept? Yeah. A girl being competitive is great. That's amazing. Right, a, a boy now being more sensitive is great. What you just did is you took two opposing sentiments, right, and want them seeing flourished in the opposite sex, right. and you call that a result, yeah, or or a progress. Right. It's very strange. That's very very strange stuff. It could be good. No, yeah, I mean, it, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, it's good. Just leave it. If a boy's competitive, it's great. If a girl's competitive, great. Chris is saying teach a girl to be competitive and to remain who she is and teach a guy to be more sentimental and remain who he is as well. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how you make a strong society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Work with your strengths and up your strengths. Deal with your weaknesses, but don't try to... Yeah, Yeah, introduce new ideas. Like, it's almost like an... it's, It's... Sorry, it's antithetical to want to encourage more competitiveness in girls' soccer and at, in the same time, simultaneously, want to remove call it. competitiveness a uh, toxic masculinity trait in boys. Yeah. That is just, it, it's the beginning of, of lunacy. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. How can it be good in one instance? <laughs> There you go. Because you're seeing it as a patriarchy. Like Alex said, it's been hijacked by radicals. Well, there you go. There you go. We're going to see we're back to it. it. That's why it's politicized. That's why a topic like this can be politicized. If it stayed in science, if it stayed in the realms of the experts, it can't be politicized. But if it's a little bit crazy, a little bit on the activist side, a little bit on the on the 
On the dogmatic side, whoa, the politics could take that and say, oh, look, this is, um, we're virtuous. We're doing this and we're going to save the world because we're virtuous. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, is there anything else we want to, um, to talk about or to, to say? Let's talk about feminism. <laughs> let's, let's not. You, you know I'm what out. I think about that? Let's stay on for another three hours. That's, that's a three-hour topic. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, let's wrap it up. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was interesting. Thank you for having your neck me. On the line. It, it was interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having the different sex on the on the podcast no what would have been interesting is if we would have had somebody that was completely you know uh opposed to what we we're saying because unfortunately yeah. we all kind of agreed <laughs> maybe maybe we all agreed because it's a sensible thing to do you do know we even know with... do you guys even know anyone that's uh that's... oh yeah yeah for sure really you know yeah go go take the center i'm talking about the political spectrum now take the center from from liberal to leftists, it's that's the mentality. Mm-hmm. All that chunk of people, the progressives, it's all in there. You're not going to hear a conservative say, "My boy's a girl." <laughs> you're not. You're not going to hear a, a, yeah. a conservative say that my, my boy should be more like a girl and my girl should be more like my, my boy. You don't get that. No, you guys don't agree. You guys look perplexed. No, well, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm asking: Is there anyone out there? I haven't. Uh, I haven't done my research. So. Let's say we take a classical liberal. A classical liberal. Well, look, I think okay. I think you may be also generalizing, but I understand what you're saying. Like it, pretty- we always have to generalize. We said that's that's an yeah. intelligent conversation, yeah. or else we're going to be lost with the ex- the exceptions. <laughs> all right, everyone, thank you all for tuning in. That's it. Uh, again, thank you, Alex, so much. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms. Head on over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, and listen to us on every single audio platform that you get your podcasts on. Uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Ciao. Awesome. See you guys. Alex.